This is The House Call. Welcome to The House Call Podcast. We're back. We're back. Episode 42. 42. Big, big week here as we get into training camp. First things first. So after struggling with their quarterback pressure, Kansas City went out and signed 33-year-old Carlos Dunlap, who spent the last two seasons with the Seahawks. Dunlap can earn up to eight million dollars in the deal. It's a one deal, one-year deal. He's a stand, longtime Bengals standout. He's been on the market since Seattle released him in March. Moving forward, Pro Bowler Ryan Kerrigan is officially retired after eleven seasons. To give you a little bit of update on that, Ryan Kerrigan has also been at the Commanders' training camp, getting a feel for coaching, if you will. So. Well, that may be a possible move that we see in the horizon. Next, last but not least, Quan Alexander has signed a one-year contract with the Jets. It's already come out that he's making his presence known on that Jets defense. So could that be a sign of things to come for the Jets? Could that be a move in the right direction for the Jets? And very recently, breaking news, Anthony Barr and the Dallas Cowboys have agreed to a one-year deal. This deal is for $2 million, but can max out at three. So Jerry Jones goes out and uh, bolsters up the linebacking core out there in Dallas. But getting into our more serious news here, Ryan Jensen was sadly hurt and carted off the field on uh, Thursday during the Buccaneers practice. It's come out from Todd Bowles that he could miss months with his knee injury. The exact severity, what we're looking at, really hasn't come out yet. But real quick, Elliot, what are your thoughts on uh, the Ryan Jensen and how that alters the plans for the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, his loss can't be understated. I mean, the guy is an outstanding center for Tom Brady, and he elevates the offensive line uh, for the Buccaneers, like, incredibly. Um, and you saw, like, when I think they lost him against the Eagles, and it was a big contributor to why they were not able to beat the Rams in the divisional round of the playoffs last year. Um, so they've got, uh, let's see. They've got Robert Hainsey as the backup. He's second-year center. He's on track to replace him, but it's just he's not as good. I mean, Ryan Jensen is, like, league great, like, at top two center. So, yeah, it's, it's a big hit. Most definitely. Rob, it, your thoughts? Especially with the guy that's, like, you've been handing the ball off to Tom Brady for, like, the last, like, two years. It, it's, it's something that's, like – it could all it could affect the whole chemistry of the line because it all starts from the middle and works its way out. So if it if it's fucked up right here, it could it could be pretty bad for the rest of the offense as a whole. But um, it, it might they'll they'll work around it. Tom Brady will even just take more snaps with the the center if he has to, even just private time. It's gonna work itself out. Uh, I just hope and pray uh, Jensen gets better. Yeah, Most and if good. anything, I mean I don't want to say they're lucky, but it's good that it happened early like when that before preseason really just getting into training camp as opposed to like week one because now there's some time to adjust and train this new guy as the starter right right right. not only that you get to find out who your backup is because if he went down during the eagles game now you have a similar sequence of events where like okay you have the same same scenario now now you get to find out if if jensen goes down is the next man up going to be capable to do the job yep right right I mean, if anything, if this next man up doesn't work out, you know, a name like J.C. Treader is on the market. So, you know, if push comes to shove, maybe the Bucks can throw some money J.C. Treader's way and get him out there just to, you know, all potential. 
But moving forward, F1 star Lewis Hamilton has agreed to join the Denver Broncos ownership group. That group is spearheaded by the uh, Walton family. You know, so it looks, it's going to have some uh, notable names running that. But there was a statement that came out here. Let me read that statement from uh, Lewis Hamilton. Excited to join an incredible group of owners and become a part of the Broncos story. Honored to work with a world-class team and serve as an example of the value of more diverse leadership across all sports. With that being said, you know, with this group coming to, into ownership of the Broncos, real quick, what are y'all thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? At least you get a championship mindset. He's probably the greatest F1 sports, uh, I mean, racer ever. Uh, what do they call it, the sports car? I've, I've heard so much about it. He's done interviews with Tom Brady. So just like just being lumped in the same conversation with Tom Brady just shows you what he brings to the table. It can't be worse than what they had before where they had guys would i guess interview with them and they they'd have the staff and everything show up drunk so like he's gonna probably be the guy that inserts his um winning uh mentality winning mantra and just it'll be a better moving forward that being said you know it's a the inverse of it is you look at a lot of guys who go into the front office and ownership in the nfl and you think to yourself they've had success like a good example is john elway john elway was one of the all-time greatest qbs but in the front office not so great you know what i mean so it's it's going to be interesting to see what's ahead of the what's ahead of the broncos also while we're talking about the broncos it's come out Real quick breaking news that Denver Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick tore his ACL yesterday. So Russell Wilson is now down one receiver going into the season. So we'll see if that's truly a big effect for him going forward. Definitely is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you got a guy that was on the rise. So that now that, that just keeps limiting more, especially since you're – it, the division ain't getting worse, so like you're gonna you're gonna need all the pieces you can get, and then at that point you're just getting less and less talented at the position. I'm not saying that they're gonna get any worse, but it just doesn't mean you're gonna get any better. It's pretty bad, it's a pretty shitty situation. I I pray for the kid, but like, uh, I mean, I this already I already said that the Broncos is gonna be last in the division anyways, but that's just gonna make their hill even higher to climb. Yep, especially with the first year QB, first year head coach, and granted they have some chemistry, but. Losing your wide receiver is definitely not a place you want to be in. I agree. I, you know, and with it being a season-ending injury, it's, you know, what do you do now? You know, the wide, you could say, well, free agent wide receiver, that market's pretty much bone dry. You know, you could say, well, Odell, you won't have Odell till later on in the season. But moving forward, <sighs> the Deshaun Watson news has came out. So first things first. He was given a six-game suspension. Now the NFL is looking to appeal that, you know, so there's a chance it could get longer. There's a, ch- a chance for a lot to happen. So, Rob, what are your thoughts on what all the news that's come out with Deshaun Watson? And on top of that, like, if if he does go to Goodell and Goodell decides, okay, I want to make it longer or shorter, whatever it is, if it, he makes it longer, it came out of Deshaun Watson's camp that they're going to um, – there, I guess I don't I don't know if it's a lawsuit they're going to be filing. Yeah, the NFL I, Players I Association. The, yeah, they're going to. There's going to be it's going to be a big big issue, and then this probably could go on for even more months. So who knows? 
I don't know how that affects whether or not he's going to still play a six-game suspension or he ends up on the NFL's exempt list until uh, whatever. All I know is this. I, I really I don't like this guy. I, I used to cheer for him. I was even one quarterback I would love to have had on this roster for when we when he came out of the draft. I just think that, like, this is – it's really a bad look. Like, I – you you've got all the, I get it. It's allegations, but it even the judge says that it's like they're coming up with where he cannot even seek a personal massage therapist. He has to be team approved. It's pretty bad. It's a black guy in the Browns organization as a whole. And the fact that the Browns fans shame on you guys for even trying to support this guy. I, I it's it's sickening that like I have four sisters, I have a daughter, and I, and I have to look at this guy, and he's still playing in the league. That kind of sets a bad example for the rest of the NFL and just the um, kids that are growing up and trying to become in the sport, that even if you're doing even if you're like doing such terrible things, that you can still get a chance to play. I mean, let's look around the league. you got Tom Brady who got a four-game suspension for deflating footballs. you got Josh Gordon that got a year suspension for weed and everything else. you got... Ben Roethlisberger got six games for his allegations. I, there are a long list of, and I think what Deshaun uh, DeAndre Hopkins got six games, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. But what he's done is unprecedented up until this point. Twenty twenty-four allegations, if I'm not mistaken. It was twenty-three, and now it's twenty-four. I think. Um, I don't know. What is your thoughts, Elliot? I just think that he just—I don't think he should play an NFL down ever again. Um, I, I really don't like how Goodell handled this at all because think about it, so there's basically two sides to this. There's the NFL, the league with Roger Goodell, and there's the NFL Players Association kind of backing Desha- Deshaun Watson. So both of them agreed to appoint Sue Robinson to review all the facts and come to a decision. And she came to a decision, six-game suspension, and Roger Goodell said, actually, I don't like that. We're going to appeal it. And if you don't know, when he appeals it, the appeal goes to either him himself or the guy he appoints. So basically, whatever he wants to happen is going to happen. And the problem is with the lawsuit, what's likely going to happen is uh, there will be like some sort of restraining order filed. So since the case is still ongoing and a decision hasn't been made, then Deshaun Watson might play week one. Like that, it's not just going to be, well, you, you just can't play six games plus whatever we give you. It could just be you, you just plan now until we come to a decision. So I just think the entire thing was handled really terribly. I think at this point you would think that they would get this thing figured out. You you have you at least have some sort of precedent. You had Ben Roethlisberger. You even had Ray Rice, who I think originally was uh, given two games. Like he and he hit his girlfriend. And we're we're not av- never would I never would ne- want to advocate for something like that. And I like they I think he was kicked out of the league. He'd never played another NFL down. So like the fact that. It, if you could play well, you still get a chance to play at NFL football. Just it, it really is sickening. And I hope that honestly, I really hope that Goodell lays down a hammer. I don't agree with the appeal process, even though the fact of the matter that like it, it still has to go back to him and it's probably gonna go back to him where he makes the decision. But I I still don't think I don't I don't I don't like I don't like Watson at all. I, I don't like what's going on and I just hope that he gets kicked out. I don't know what what do you think, Brandon? I mean it's it's a ridiculous situation if you ask me it's like yes you look at it and you say this is all allegations but i mean with like you said with 24 allegations where there's smoke there's fire with how this was handled is just insane what i boil it down to is this you have calvin ridley in one hand betting on games he wasn't a part of a year 
They threw the book at him, quite frankly. On his own team. It's not like he was exactly. betting against, like, it, it, he's betting. it's not like he was betting against another other team or for another team. He was betting with his own team. So it's not like he, I mean, I don't agree with it, what he was doing. It was still what he did was wrong, but. Right. right. That's you're, but look, he got 12, he got a whole season, but then this is like, come on. It's like, you know, how do you throw the book at someone who's betting on their own team? But yet, someone who's accused of, sec- excuse my French, but essaying about over 20 different women. Mind you, this isn't one uh, accusation. This is over 20. The How do you only give the guy six games? How do you turn around with the NFL? He Think about this. With those six games, if he starts week one, he comes back in October. What is October in the NFL? Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So you're going to see all this stuff, all this pink, and the NFL loves women. Mark my words, when he comes back, I bet you on in an NFL commercial, you're going to see some pink, like, female variant of his jersey. I bet, I bet you. And it's insane to, like, think that this guy can do that and still get such a lax slap on the wrist punishment. Like, it just doesn't make like the mindset behind it all just doesn't make sense to me and the language of it is like it's they're not finding really concrete evidence per se i get there's a lot of uh, allegations but it's it's kind of lumped in the same way that like how they handle brady more probable than not and it's like if you gave brady four games you gave (laughs) it's it's insane you it, it really is it's like I just can't make it make sense. And I know you've heard of the Ben, we've all talked about the Ben Roethlisberger case and what happened with that. It's like, really, it's two completely different things. Like this is 10 times worse, in my opinion, than the Ben Roethlisberger case. Because with Ben, I believe it was just uh, two, two girls, one or two, I believe. But with this, you have so many. And it's like, what's going on? What are you doing that you have this many people in this situation? And to look at him as an individual, like, why did you think you could get away with this? Like, did you, like, what made this okay in your head? Like, was there not someone who said, Deshaun, what are you doing? What's done in the dark is going to become, it was going to come to the light. But moving forward here, another uh, mind-blowing case. So the Miami Dolphins have been stripped of their 2023 first-round pick, along with other penalties after uh, an investigation found them guilty of unprecedented tampering involving star quarterback Tom Brady. They've also lost their 2024 third-round pick, and owner Stephen Ross has been suspended to till October 17th, and he also received a fine of a little over a million dollars. Somewhere in the million dollar range. I'm not sure. I don't have the amount, exact amount of the fine in front of me. But, Rob, I'm going to let you take the lead. What are your thoughts on what's going on with this uh, Miami Dolphins punishment here? I I feel like it's too too lax, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't. I think they should get... You, do you realize that, like, I, I'm, I think I read a metric. I think Stephen Ross has uh, a net worth, I think, $8 billion. That's yeah. like not even like that's not even like a half percentile what his net worth is that's ridiculous and they only get docked that was a first round pick and you said a third round pick 
Yeah, first round this year, third no. round next year. No, that, no. This what? is this is really it's really bad. I I I, and I love how like Dolphins fans and AFC East and just the, all the other people that always throw stuff in our face. Karma's a bitch. You motherfuckers are paying for this shit now. Exactly. It's like I saw this and I laughed. Because it's like, how many years as Patriots fans did we have to listen to Spygate, whatever, all the, whatever you call the gates, Deflate Gate, all that, and it get we had to get said listen to oh there should be asterisks next to your Super Bowls and blah blah blah. Well, what the fuck do you call this? Like now you can't say we're the cheaters of the AFC East because you have blatant tampering, and on top of that. It came out that the tampering was going on in 19 when Brady was still in New England. So it's like, it, it's just mind blowing to me. Uh, yeah, I don't. Elliot, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, uh, it reduces the competition, right? Like, there, there's a fair point where everyone can go after players, go after coaches, because they had the same thing happened with Sean Payton, where they tried to get him come be the head coach. Um, and as much as I do think it would be cool to see Tom Brady, Sean Payton on the Dolphins, that there's like there's a legal point where you can do that uh and they, they broke that so yeah uh, i i'd probably agree with rob i don't think this punishment is severe enough let me ask y'all this though because i've seen some reports saying this isn't fair because brady didn't receive any punishment do you all think that uh, just question do you think brady sh- deserves any punishment with this no how so he's he's not they're they're reaching out to him he, yeah. they're not, he's not reaching out to them and i mean it look man he, he, you see players recruit players all the time, but I'm not saying that like he should. Look, man, he shouldn't get any level of punishment. I, they're they're reaching out to him. I just my biggest thing is this: it's not severe enough. I think if the Patriots would have done this shit, god damn, man, would have been crazy. Do you remember back in the day when Don Shula would flood the field to to like make it hard against the other team? So like all these Dolphins fans that completely at, like bury Patriots fans about cheating, and then it's like now. I'm not saying that this is cheating, but you're you're ruining the integrity of the game as in some way, shape, or form. Exactly, and it's like, like honestly, if you ask me, like, how there's no justification for this. Like, you knew, I think everybody knew in '19 that there was a chance Brady could have gone somewhere else. As much as we all hate it, it what it does, what it does is this. It it validates Brian Flores is what he was saying. It, that they were basically tanking. That they were for. They were basically throwing games. And it's, actually, they, I'm they telling you right they now, were, they were not. Uh, the league found they were not throwing games. Well, they're gonna say that. If I'm gonna be completely honest, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. They're gonna say that to try to make it not that much more of an investigation. But I'm thinking this validates Brian Flores in some way, shape, or form. To me, honestly, it came out. I can't really cite this because I don't remember where I saw it, but it came out that uh, Stephen Ross said he was quote unquote joking with that $100,000 for tanking games comment to Brian Flores. And it's like, that's the stupidest excuse in the book. That's like, we've said it all the time where we'll make a shitty crack to somebody. We'll make a bad joke. Somebody will get upset and then we'll say, oh, I was just joking. I don't know why you're getting mad. I was just trying to joke with you. And it's like, come on now. Like, Stephen Ross is not the biggest con man in the NFL, if you ask me. But, Elliot, please continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you didn't. Yeah, with that being said, this has been the House Call Podcast. Before we 
go into our natural uh, ending here just wanted to highlight on youtube we're currently as of recording at 199 subscribers so we're one away from starting kicking off this giveaway for the cards that we went over you could be number 200 exactly you could be the 200th subscriber rob where i'll let you take it for tiktok where are we on tiktok my god so like yesterday uh, or the day before the last two days something crazy happened we posted a video uh of like a highlight whatever it it has four hundred thousand views at this moment of the recording that we're, of the show uh and it has like i think it's a twenty thousand likes and hundreds of comments we went from having 150 followers to 399 as of the recording we are beyond blessed of having the followers we have and guys like the moment we get to like a thousand followers on TikToks, so we're going to be doing live 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 streams we're going to be doing anything we can to add to just be around followers as much as possible like doing live podcast shows even um we're doing everything we can to further improve this show guys so just keep sticking with us guys if there are people out there that want to be part of this team you have any type of skill you feel like you have don't feel that you feel just because of you may not have the the following we're not looking for people with following we're looking for people with charisma people that are driven and we're just happy to see to be at the point we're at right now like i said 199 on youtube 399 on on tiktok it's it's insane 400,000 on one of the videos uh guys we're on Spotify. If you can, if you don't want to listen to this, if you don't, uh, you don't want to watch this podcast on YouTube. You can go on Spotify to the House Call Podcast. We're also on all social media platforms as well. But I'll let Brandon sign us out. All right. As usual, this has been the House Call Podcast, the Core Three. Before we let you go, a certain someone is taking off to college here. So, oh, peace out, farewell. Thanks, good guys. luck. This has been the House Call Podcast, signing off. Let's go. Debo Samuel and the 49ers have agreed to a three-year extension worth $73.5 million with $58.1 million guaranteed.